Welcome to Hope Reclaimed. On this podcast, we talk about lasting healing from divorce, trauma, and loss through Jesus Christ, because healing and true redemption have already been extended by a good God. Sometimes he's inviting us to partner with him and receive that healing for ourselves. My name is Ellie Hope Collins, and I'm the host of this podcast, founder of HopeReclaimedMinistries.com, and a coach for individuals healing from divorce, trauma, and loss. In 2016, I discovered my ex-husband's long-term affair, and I was totally broken. Although I was desperate for a restored marriage, that's not what happened. But it wasn't until I chose to go back to every restaurant, listen to every song, and relive every memory that reminded me of my marriage and truly surrender everything to God that I really began to live a reclaimed life. And I'm now on a mission to help men and women just like you see true and lasting healing through Jesus. Whether you're experiencing the painful effects of divorce, grieving the death of a spouse, or beginning to accept the loss of a dream, you're in the right place. Complete healing and restoration is possible. Welcome to Hope Reclaimed. Hey guys, today on the podcast, I have a guest named Heidi Carlson, and she is going to share her experience, her story about going through a divorce, a very painful one, but also how she has used that experience to encourage and support other women. Heidi Carlson is a domestic violence coach. She's been in family court litigation over the past 11 years. She's spent over $140,000 and experienced over 70 motion hearings fighting for custody for her twin daughters. Now she helps professional women get a divorce faster and reduce their legal fees by arming them with knowledge and wisdom to be the leader in their own legal matters and get to a state of being free from their abuser. Heidi is an amazing woman, and she has such important information to share about navigating the complicated legal system. I'm also excited to share that this episode is sponsored by the Reclaimed Intensive, my five-month reclaiming journey for women healing from divorce or marital separation. This is beginning again in April and will end in August. You will be going through individual coaching with me as well as group coaching with a group of other women who are healing as well. This is to activate you to step into healing and begin reclaiming your life right now. If you would like more information about the Reclaimed Intensive, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. You can go and find that information at HopeReclaimedMinistries.com. Again, that's HopeReclaimedMinistries.com. You can live reclaimed. And now let's get into the episode with Heidi Carlson. Heidi, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Hope Reclaimed. Thank you so much for having me. What a pleasure. Oh my gosh. It is absolutely my pleasure for real. What a gift you have been. You're, you are just so fun loving. You have such a joyful spirit. And I love that about you because what you dig into with your clients and the people you work with is really hard and extremely complicated and you, and, and doing that with joy and humor is such a gift, Heidi. So thank you. And even just what we're going to be digging into and talking about today is incredibly complicated. We're going to try to do that with some joy as well. So before we, before we get into that, I would love for you to just share a little bit about what fills your days. Um, what does, you know, a, a day in the life of Heidi look like, where do you live family, stuff like that? Thank you so much. Hi everybody. I'm Heidi Carlson. I am a single mom of twin daughters that just turned 18. 
and I live in the western suburbs of Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm originally from Wisconsin, and I love uh, Fixer Upper. Oh, the TV show. The, the TV show. And, you know, now the new thing with Magnolia Channel. So anything to do with furniture restoration. In fact, I have a little side business. I didn't tell you this, Ellie, but I love to buy um, old vintage furniture that has some curves and some yes. beauty to it and restore that and put some beauty back into the, the piece and sell that. That is so fun. My, um, my mom used to do this and my grandma, um, they would go to old antique stores and get beautiful, um, like armoires and dressers with beautiful curves and just take hours and hours and hours stripping it and sanding it and then bringing it back to the glory of kind of how it's originally designed. That's so cool. I love that you do that. Yes. And I decided to take on another hobby of upholstery. Oh my goodness. So I started to, to learn how to uh, rip everything apart and cool. put the, put the chairs back into place with some beautiful uh, curves. So I just do that in my side. And I also have a uh, <laughs> Bernice mountain dog and a poodle mix. She's called a Bernie oh. doodle. She's oh my, my love of my life right now. What's her name? Ginger. Ginger. Oh, I want to meet Ginger. I love dogs so much. Um, and, and how cool that you're doing this work of bringing restoration to something old and tattered because that's a lot of the work that you do and what you're called to do in your business. So if you would dig into this a little bit, but also just what led you there. Yes, Allie, a great segue. And it's part of the reason why I decided to, to have this little hobby called restoration furniture, because it's really all about the um, restoring your life from, from the depths of darkness and pain that I went through. So 11 years ago in 2009, I had to file an emergency uh, um, divorce. And over the last 11 years, I experiencing something that I never thought I would have to go through. There's nothing worse than getting a divorce, but divorcing a narcissist, <laughs> that's a whole nother yeah. level of divorce. And then especially when um, domestic violence is a part of the equation that adds another element of um you know, pain that and pain and struggles and suffering that comes through that. But um, thankfully, I uh, was saved in 2010, early on into my divorce, where Jesus swept me off when I didn't really know what else to do, and saved me from that darkness and moved my body into light. And so um, just this last year, I decided that I was going to take what Satan meant to harm me and turn that in to help uh, professional mothers with, you know, giving them all the wisdom and knowledge that they need as they're going through their same struggle and do it with fun and, and a little bit of singing maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you love you. You feel passionate about incorporating song and because there is something I don't, I don't, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not anything like that, but there is something scientific that happens, um, physiologically in our brain when we sing. Um, and when we bring 
song into even just the hard stuff. There's so, there's so much beauty in that. So thank you. And thank you for sharing your story in the way that you did, because, you know, there's so many details in there that, you know, and that are incredibly painful. I can imagine. Um, but I love that you share this because, you know, yes, you are removed from it. You were very affected by what happened, I'm sure. Um, and probably still in a way you are as well, but the way that you share your experience is just, um, is very honest in the facts of what happened, but I love that you, um, just in how you shared, it's very, um, very honoring even to the people involved. So thank you for doing that because that is, that is a hard thing to do, but something that is a sign of, of not making yourself continually the victim. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that is very complicated when you're in dangerous situations. <laughs> Would you talk about how, what that process was for you of getting yourself maybe out of that mindset? Well, I didn't know what I was walking into when I hired my uh, first attorney. Um, I really didn't. I just knew that that was it. I had to uh, draw the line Mm -hmm. and to make sure that I set up a plan and a strategy to help my children stay safe and also move myself into a new life, a new plan so that, um, I could be free from that abuse forever. And, you know, in that process, I did interact with various different individuals that are tied to a divorce of this type mm-hmm. and that are the, uh, the police were involved, child protection services, uh, social workers, uh, forensic evaluators, mm-hmm. wow. um, And a lot of different facets that went into that process that I wasn't aware of in the very beginning, Mm -hmm. Uh, supervised visitation, uh, the supervisors themselves, and then just the ongoing litigation. I was in front of a judge over 70 times during that 11 years. Over 11 years, 70 Mm -hmm. times. I mean, that is that's a lot of time. That is a lot of energy. So you, you would mention that when you hired your first attorney, so there was more than one. Yeah, I didn't know this, but my first attorney did not represent clients in order for protection hearings. Mm -hmm. So I had to ask her to withdraw. And it was the night before the hearing, I had to get another attorney. Um, And sadly, that attorney was also not equipped to handle the case. So I had to ask him to withdraw as well and move on to my third attorney. Um, And during that process, I guess if there's any information or wisdom that I could share with anyone is to really understand what it is that you potentially have um, to walk through and Mm -hmm. to know that you are hiring the right support um, and or legal teams, because along the way, I didn't realize what I needed. And that was the representation, but I didn't have it in the attorneys that I hired. Yeah, because you 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 have to place so much trust in your attorney and this person that's representing you. I can't imagine I didn't have children going through my divorce. Um, and I um 
I, I did go through an attorney, um, through my divorce, but I can't even imagine in those case, in this case where there was child protection, child protective services involved and, and the, the, the supervised visits, all of that must've been so complicated and so challenging. And then to feel like maybe you didn't have that, um, that person that was fighting for you legally, that must've felt very alone and very isolating in that time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was one of the things that kept me in fear that whole time Mm -hmm. and really not understanding what the process was, not having um, control over the circumstances. Right. Um, But I will tell you that I did have somebody on my side, somebody that Hmm. was giving me information and that was my Jesus. And I love it. You know, he's a friend, right? He's the best friend. (laughs) (laughs) I was really hoping you would say Jesus, but I was like, oh, did she have somebody go? Oh, it was Jesus. (laughs) Well, you know, Jesus knew exactly um, who to put in my path. Yeah. And there was, um, a specific lady that was put in mm-hmm. my path, um, who did offer help and guidance and wisdom, That's great. but I do believe that it was a divine appointment. There's no accidents that she was in my path yeah. for sure. Yeah. So what kind of help and support was she giving you at that time? Well, she had gone through a divorce herself to the, con- to the extreme that I had. And wow. so she had already been there and walked that road and understood what to say, what not to say, Mm -hmm. uh, so that I wouldn't fall into the traps that were trying to be set for me. And that was invaluable. Yeah. So it kind of in a way she was a coach to you, maybe less official, but, (laughs) but somebody just ahead of you to kind of help you and support you in that, not necessarily an expert in the legal system, but a support in one. Yeah, most definitely. And as, as I got towards the end of my financial resources, I had to represent myself in the last 25% of those 70 motions. So she was there to help me really gather my thoughts um, on the responsive motions and my motions to compel. And so there was that also. So, you know, we were friends. We became friends. I mean, man, you, you really, you really gain a good friend when you walk through a trial like that. And when somebody chooses to walk through a trial with you, (laughs) quite literally a trial. Um, but, but man, that must've been, that must've been just so crazy. So you, you went through several attorneys, you ran out of money, and then you needed to represent yourself in the last 25%, you said Mm -hmm. in 25% of the 70 times, man, you must've really gotten, your, uh, your fair share of education in the legal system. Yeah. I make statements like this where I actually have a law degree by proxy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not by your choice. (laughs) No, no. Um, I had to learn the various different, uh, statutes. I had to understand what the law was, how to cite the law and how to quote the law and how to write Uh, my motions properly, how to um, serve my motions. Um, I had to follow all the laws just like a regular attorney would need to follow the laws. I mean, that, that must've taken a ton of time. How did you learn all that stuff? Lots of sleepless nights. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
I spent many, many sleepless nights understanding, you know, if I had a specific um, uh, motion that I needed to file a response to, I made sure that I looked up case law. I spent many nights in the uh, law online law library. So I, you know, got a subscription. And so I, I was able to look up the case law and be able to cite those laws and and be able to make sure that I was representing myself because judges need to follow the law and, and they need to, you know, read all the documentation as, as written. And so as I request for uh, remedy to cure and some of the requests, I always already knew that I was going to win because I had more documentation Mm -hmm. than uh, opposing party did. Wow. So even w- even without a formal law degree, you were able to win the case. Yes, I did. Wow. That is incredible. I would love to hear how, how you got through all these challenging times. I can't even imagine the anxiety and the, the fear that would be, at least for me, <laughs> facing me the, the, the night before one of these hearings or, or, um, before a conversation, I can't even imagine what that was like. How did you get through that, that time? And how did you get through this, these challenges? Yeah. So I filed the, I filed the summons and petition in 2009. And then Mm -hmm. the following year after that is when the Holy spirit, you know, knocked me over and Mm -hmm. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and savior. And because of that, then I started to begin my new walk as a Christian mm-hmm. and really start to get into the Bible and read the scriptures. And, um, and I, and my, one of my favorite verses is Romans 12, one, it is not yeah. to be, tr- you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So every time I would walk in to a courtroom, I would recite those promises that God gave me and that would bring me peace and comfort and reassurance to know that I was not doing this alone. And, um, I started to get into the word and, and memorize the word and trust in him and all of his ways to make my path straight. Yes. And I knew that if I could just lean on him and his shoulders, a hundred percent, that things would be okay because the enemy was really trying to, you know, get me off my plan. Mm. (laughs) And I knew that if Jesus was in the foundation of my plan and my strategy, then nobody could overtake that. Mm. So I uh, turned my life over to to him and just uh, took the hands off the wheel of my life and trusted him complicitly. Wow. Did it, did it always feel like he was close by you in those times? In the really, really rough times, um, I still had the fear. I still had the emotion, but I knew because of the um, transforming of my mind that was happening. And then I started to see how he would come through. Yeah. You know, when I didn't have money, um, you know, I'd got an envelope of $400 on my doorstep. I don't even know to this day where that came from. Next time is um, my wash machine broke and a new one came. They came in and they brought it into to the door. I mean, I could tell you story after story. So I started to, to manage, um, well, God really is showing up every time that I have this struggle. And I started to trust them from that 
from that point on that he was going to come and to bring me peace and comfort when I start to feel down and uh, not feeling reassured that the outcome would be as I would to protect my girls. Wow. That's so beautiful because a lot of times we can see those, we can see those little miracles, but we, we, we may not because we're so in the middle of our pain and in the, in the storm, we're still in the storm. You were still in the storm when your laundry or you, you know, your washing machine broke down and you could be like, Oh my gosh, just another storm. Oh, okay. It's fine now. It's, but I'm still in the storm. You know, it can feel like, um, like, like these things are just kind of compounded on each other. I talk to women all the time that it feels that way. And, and I was, I was talking to a woman recently who was just saying, I just feel like God is so far. He's not near me at all. And I just had to say, I had to say to her, well, what about all these things that you had just told me? Because it can be so hard to see the miracle that's actually taking place. It can be so hard to actually feel him. And I love that you're making this distinction here that, that, that verse do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you were saying, I am being transformed. My mind is being made aware of the miracles and of where God is moving. That is so powerful and so hard to do when you're in the middle of the storm and in the middle of all of the chaos. Um, so I just, I want to I want to praise God that you had that perspective, but then also encourage and even just maybe bring some healthy challenge to listeners to say, let's start renewing our minds to where, where is God moving? What is he doing right now? And where can we look for him? You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, absolutely. And you know, when I felt, um, when I felt the enemy pressing in, the only thing that I can think of was, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. You know, if it just wow. takes, you know, five minutes, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. And if that's, you know, if you can remember that prayer or help me, help me, help me, help me, God. <laughs> you know, if that's all you yep. can remember, then then that's where where you're at. And the second thing I'd like to point out is just a sense of, uh, gratitude, because when we're coming from a stance of gratitude, even for the smallest things like, Lord, I'm so glad that I have this chapstick because it really moisturizes my lips. Thank you, Lord, for giving me chapstick, you know, just simple things. Yeah. And whatever it is that you have that you're walking through, just see what's around you. Yep. Awareness. Find, mm -hmm. find the gratitude and that That's God good. will light, light that gratitude up for you. That's a beautiful perspective. So important to make that list. Um, and that's a part of renewing the mind, right? That's mm -hmm. a part of saying, I'm, I'm taking my eyes off of my circumstance and I'm placing my gaze on the things and the actual, the, the tangible blessings that I have. I have a roof yeah. over my head. Yes. I was able to buy milk today yeah. or, you know, what, whatever it is. Um, we can always find those things for looking for the, looking for the blessing and finding the gratitude in that blessing is so great. 
I would love for you to talk about how you're now, um, you would mention that you, you started this business of bringing, you know, bringing your testimony and encouraging other people through your testimony. How, how has that been? Tell us about, about how this, this new ministry and business has been for you. Yeah, well, it all started uh, last year during the 2020 uh, COVID uh, pandemic when my corporate job that I had yeah. uh, being in corporate America for 25 years, you know, the, the job was eliminated. And mm. like many of you maybe lost a job or maybe your spouse or partner or friend or whomever is helping to support you in your, in your world right now lost a job or you're, you know, you're struggling financially that um, you needed to find a pivot. Yes. And I found my pivot on a Tony Robbins live <laughs> event. <laughs> I, I was on uh, the World Summit stage in front of 9,000 people, and I was randomly Crazy. picked to be coached by Dean Graziosi. And out of that, I discovered that I have this desire. God called me to be um, helping women that are going through similar circumstances that I have gone through and that to really, you know, lean in on that. So hmm. obviously I went straight to prayer <laughs> and said, Lord, <laughs> is this from you? Um, or did this because... come off out of the high of this event that I came to? <laughs> right. Right. Um, because, you know, who wants to really go back and uh, step into the fire? Yeah. But as I told you before, Ellie, it was like Shadrach, Meshach and yeah. Abednego. I walked into the fire and I came out smelling like a rose. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that um, because of that, God is going to use that so that I can help uh, these professional women that are experiencing this deep, dark darkness and pain and, mm -hmm. and feel like they have no, no plan um, ahead. And I want to reassure every single one listening to this right now that you are loved yeah. and that you are treasured and that God does have a plan for you. And it may not feel like it right now, but he does want you to know him. And if you don't know him, reach out, call his name. And, and he will respond. And if you do need some resources, I'm sure Ellie knows who to cut, get in touch with. I'm happy to talk to anybody who wants to, who wants to be introduced to Jesus. And I'm sure that you do as well, because that is so on our hearts. Um, we, we were even just saying before we started recording that, you know, bringing hope to seemingly hopeless circumstances like divorce and domestic abuse is powerful. It's why we're here. I'm, I'm here to bring the, the testimony of Jesus to situations that seem hopeless. And that's what I love to do with this podcast. And that's what you do by sitting with women in the legal system, the complicated legal system, sitting with them, helping them walk through all of these complicated decisions that will affect their future and bringing hope to that. That's why we're here, but even more so, we are here to, to shed light on the fact that life after divorce 
is nothing without Jesus, quite literally. It is nothing mm-hmm. without Jesus. And so if you, if you're here hearing this today and you don't know Jesus, we would love to, um, to help you and give in, encourage you to get to know this, this real person who is alive and active today. And he has empowered us with the Holy spirit that we can live, um, so well in this world today. And, um, and that's what renews our minds to these, to all of these, these, um, challenging circumstances that lie ahead of us. Yeah. Thank you for saying that, Heidi. I so appreciate that. Um, you know, you were, you were speaking a bit, a bit about, about your, your, the situation you were, you were facing personally. And I know that a lot of the people kind of throw around this word narcissist. Um, and, and a lot of times there's like, there's legit, there's like real diagnoses of this. I would love for you to speak about that. And, um, and even just sort of your not, you know, you're, you're not a doctor, so you're not given a, um, a definition or anything there, but, um, but in how, you know, kind of what your approach is with your clients around that aspect. Um, because so often we can be always pointing the finger to say, this person's a narcissist, this person did this and this and this and this, when there comes a point where, yes, we do need to understand that, but where is that line of saying, I'm taking my eyes off of what they did and who they are. And I'm focusing on me. Yeah. I think that's a really good question. Um, because if you don't focus on yourself, you can get lost in the darkness of the other party and what they're doing or what they're not doing. And, you know, this can get, it can get really, really ugly. I didn't realize what a narcissist was until I started to, you know, do the research uh, years afterwards. And, you know, there are things that you definitely need to arm yourself with, um, especially dealing with a malignant narcissist. Mm -hmm. And the difference between um, a malignant narcissist and a narcissist is just somebody that just absolutely will not agree to anything. And there are strategies that are really critical, especially when children are involved. And one is, you know, might've heard this term also is parallel parenting. So when you have an extremely detailed parenting plan, and I'm talking like, you know, 24 hours is accounted for, um, and all the details about the children and, and what they will and won't do, then you can really take your hands off of the circumstances and focus in on the kids and have mm-hmm. that be child-centered. And parallel parenting just means you don't really need to respond to the other party and get engaged in just kind of this back and forth correspondence because the court order will be detailed And so if there's anything that I would tell anybody is in preparation and and putting together that plan and having as much detail as you possibly can, because you're going to save yourself a lot of anxiety and fear um, about what could potentially happen. Mm -hmm. And the what ifs will kill you. (laughs) The what ifs definitely will. So it's the way that you can be set free. Hmm. you know, from a legal standpoint, if you will. I mean, Jesus yeah. is the only one that can set yes. us free, right? But, <laughs> but boundaries, you know, 
There's something so powerful about setting up boundaries where it can feel constricting, but it actually helps us gain more freedom. Um, I really truly believe that love means boundaries and particularly that is a way to love our ex spouse when we create those boundaries within a separation and then in a, in a divorce, you still love the person you love them differently. And that love means choosing to set up boundaries for yourself and your children. And, um, I love that you're saying that, um, (laughs) that practically this frees it up. So you're actually, you're not having to communicate about every little meal that's happening. Um, and that can be so, so complicated. So having somebody who knows stuff like this, like you do, you you had a crash course in it, um, could be really super beneficial. Yeah. And I do want to mention, you know, some people that are in an, um, uncontested. So in other words, the two parties can agree on things, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I can see where they can have a different relationship. Yes. Um, but what we're talking about is, when we're dealing with a specific narcissist or malignant yep. narcissist, where there is no room for negotiations mm-hmm. on that. Right. Or there's, um, yeah, there's just, there's just animosity. Um, mm-hmm. and if there's not, if there's not working together, the best thing to do is to have two people working together for the best interest of the children. Obviously that's the most, um, that's the easiest way to go around it. And probably the cheapest too, <laughs> legally. And you know, Ellie, what I realized by going through this process and not necessarily having the full detailed plan that I should have had mm. is this is really spiritual warfare. Hmm. Because when I started following Jesus, I became closer and closer to him and started acknowledging his peace his comfort and his strength over my life. And the enemy was really all about attacking that. Right. Hmm. So I knew that I needed to put my armor on every time I walked into that courtroom, every time that I had a conversation with my um, other party, every time that I needed to interact in some way or another with the children's uh, extracurricular um, um, uh, sports events, that I needed to have the shield of protection, Mm. the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the belt of truth, so that I could stand on the true foundation and, and be okay and know that I was going to be cared for. Um, But the enemy was really, really trying to uh, bring me down. So I already knew that that was a spiritual battle that I was dealing with. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of people get caught up that all of those interactions can feel like they're just getting beaten down over and over again, um, nonstop. And that can feel so demoralizing to have all those interactions and then always feel like they're coming up short or needing, or needing days to, to recover from those interactions. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm interested to hear what your encouragement to, to them would be in this? I would just let them know that, you know, there's, well, there's two things. First thing is really going back to the core of what their values are. Hmm. What are they honoring in terms of what those values are? And sometimes, you know, the work that I do is let's just revisit that. 
you know, what are the values? Maybe they're just so, uh, you know, in a blur or in a fog that they just don't even know what their values are. So getting to understand what the values are and, on, uh, and what they're honoring, what they're not honoring. Um, and then really taking them down the, the path in terms of, you know, uh, going back to the early childhood. What did they honor in your life? Yeah, What's good. missing? And really give them insight into the picture so that we could really start to hone in on the ways, on the areas where mm-hmm. they are needing some more guidance and, and some more support. So what that does is it just really elevates what they um, use as their strength models and, mm. and giving them that confidence and empowerment yeah. when they identify their, their values. That's really good. Yeah. I'm interested. I'm interested to hear what are some things you wish you knew when you were going through it or what do you wish you had when you were going through it? Uh, I wish I would have hired the right attorney from the very beginning. I thought I hired um, a bulldog because I, I knew that it was not going to be easy. Um, but that bulldog didn't represent certain aspects that I needed to her to represent. I wish I had that. Yeah. I also wish that um, I just wish that perhaps I would have not worried so much and trusted God more in the, in that process. But as a new Christian, I was like, I was two feet into the world and, yeah. you know, a half, a half a foot into, you know, what Jesus was calling me into. So I was feeling like, I wish I would have trusted him more mm-hmm. and leaned into his word and his promise but I guess it was just a journey that I needed to walk yeah. um, as painful as it was. But I think about, you know, that journey um, now and helping other moms that are going through this, that you don't have to go through exactly the process that I went through. Right. You, you got a couple of steps ahead, you know, by um, inciting, um, you know, a professional so that, that you can um, avoid some of the pitfalls. Yeah. Man. So, so that's, and that's what you do. So you're, you're a coach and you help with, um, I would love for you to just share a bit about what your, what your coaching is all about and what you offer. Thank you so much, Ellie. You know, I think one of the things that, um, a lot of professional women that don't understand the process put a hundred percent of their trust into their legal team. And I think your attorney, you know, having the right attorney, first of all, is the best decision that you can make and making sure that they are representing you. And that's the legal strategy that they should have. But they don't necessarily um, give you all the pieces of the information or yeah. all the pieces of the of the plan or the or the, the the strategy. So what I do is I help women understand from the beginning of their case to the ending of their case, how they can shorten this up by giving them empowerment to really be the leader and Mm -hmm. to inform their attorney how they can represent them best. But going into this and putting 100% trust in your attorney that they're going to represent you is really um, an approach that might elongate the process. Mm -hmm. And it also might... um, expand the legal fees that you might encounter because it costs a lot of money if the, if the case is delayed. 
So, you know, I arm my clients with the empowerment to be the leader of their case Hmm. and make decisions that are informed so that they know what they're getting involved in. And it takes a lot of wisdom and courage to make some of the decisions that you have to make, especially as it pertains to safety of children. Um, And I pray and I bring (laughs) light and love and enthusiasm and excitement. Mm -hmm. And I also bring music. Music is a huge portion of what I do in coaching because it really changes the state of mind. As we were talking about one of my uh, favorite verses in Romans, but um, to, to change your mind from being in a state of um, abused to being in a state of I'm empowered. Yeah. That's really the transformation that I bring for these professional women. Yeah, that is. And that's the key right there. There's, there's always that opportunity and that open door to say, we have a, we can step out of being the victim and we can step into being the victor. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean that it's saying it's okay. What happened? It's actually just saying, it's okay that I'm moving on and it's okay that I'm taking steps for, for my future. Um, that's a powerful move. And I believe that that is so important for women and, and for men too, in any circumstance to, to hold what happened, but say, that's not going to hinder me anymore. And that's actually going to just launch me into the next thing. So the women mm-hmm. that you serve are, are women that are, that are really in the thick of, some of these challenging legal situations and complicated um, custody cases and things like that. And you bring that support and encouragement for them um, to, to help and empower them to make their best decisions for them Mm -hmm. and their family. Um, That's so powerful and that's so beautiful. So thank you for the work that you do, Heidi. And, um, and for the joy and encouragement and, and love that you, that you bring in the process, that's powerful. So if people are interested in, in getting more information, how can they follow you? How can they get in contact? Yeah. Two ways that you can reach out to me is um, on my Facebook at Heidi Carlson coaching. You could grab me there, or you can go to my website at www.heidicarlsoncoaching.com. And is that Carlson S O N? S-O-N. Yes. Great. Yes. So now I will have that information in the show notes of this episode as well. Um, so if you are looking for that link, you can just find that there. Um, or you can just go to Heidi Carlson coaching.com and find it. <laughs> you can just call out my name. There you go. And you know, wherever I am, I'll come uh, running, running, running to meet you again. Come on, girl. Yes, you will. You will. Yes. You, um, oh, what a, what a perfect song to segue, (laughs) to segue this, this episode. I love it. Heidi, I appreciate you so much. Your heart is just, um, is so great. Would you, I, I don't usually do this, but would you actually pray for our listeners? I would absolutely love it. Thank you so much for asking me. Heavenly Father, I am so grateful that you've given us this opportunity and this vehicle for this podcast. Lord, we know when two or more are gathered that you would be present, Lord. 
I pray that um, your spirit and your comfort and your strength would pour on anyone that would listen to this podcast. Give them peace and hope, Lord, because when we come from a place of hopelessness, there is nothing else, Lord. Lift them up. Give them the path and light that path mm-hmm. so that they know the next step that they need to take. And just whisper into their ear that mm-hmm. they are loved and that they are treasured. And the darkness can be extinguished mm-hmm. with your light. Yes. I thank you for Ellie. I thank you for your son, Jesus, that came and died. And he rose again on the third day. And he came to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. Help us to bring light, peace, and hope to everyone that shall listen. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here, Heidi. Thank you for listening, everyone that's here. Jesus loves you so much. He is real and he's alive and he is bringing hope and encouragement to whatever situation that you are facing. You are not alone. And if you are looking for that help and encouragement, we're here and we're available to, um, to point you to the true hope, which is Jesus Christ. Have a wonderful week.